I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I am your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And you know what today is, Rick? What is today? Today is episode 50 of the Featured Anime Podcast. Oh, shit. I was going to say it was your birthday, but I know it's not. That's right. 50 episodes, Ooh, 50 Lord, I feel, shows. I feel so young. Well, it's 50 for you. Let's be honest here. That's true. I, I may or may not be uh, slightly younger than you in that regard. That's all right. 50 is 50. It doesn't matter, sir. 50 episodes. Yeah. And what a worse way to start an episode off than <laughs> Gunslinger Girl 2. <laughs> all right. The, the, we've had worse. We've had we've, worse. We've had worse. Gunslinger Girl Il Titrino was uh, my choice, and it came out in 2008. Only one producer this time, Marvelous, did not live up to their name. No, no. And then you had the studio Artland. Again, did not live up to the name. <laughs> it was 13 episodes long, and it had the genres of action, drama, military, and sci-fi. All the same as, well, no, well, I was going to say sci-fi was new, but no, it's, it was there. You could add paranormal if you'd like, but. Uh, yeah, but that was more along the lines for the. Uh, the OVA. The OVA, which. Well, I mean, it made, it made very little sense. It, it, it served like no real purpose, but we'll go with Yeah, that. like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they had money to burn. I mean, we'll accept it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too, too low in the totem to be like, no, I'm, I'm turning away money. Yeah, the only difference is in between this one and the last one in terms of uh, genres is the first one was more psychological. This one didn't have the genre of psychological, which I would agree. This isn't very psychological, just really confusing. Um, no, see, my, my, all right. So real quick, you're, uh, have you seen this multiple times, the, the second season? Uh, this would be like my third time. All right, this is my very first time running through it. And I was really close to like taking notes just to so just to keep track of what I found to be different. And I didn't know it was only one producer and I didn't know they they changed like stuff like that, but it makes perfect sense. I looked at the very first two episodes and went, "Wow, the animation style it it, it sucks. It, it's completely different." And it does get better as as the show goes on. However, they, they, to give you an idea, what they ended up doing is they took one image and I want to say like did a stop motion thing where they, they took a frame and then moved it a frame, moved it. It's the same image. There's no movement in this image. It's just shaking on the screen as sound is going off. And they, this is relied heavily in the first two episodes. And I was looking at it and I'm like, Dear Lord, they, they took something that was decent, I would say, and they, I don't know, lost money, lost funding. I, I don't know. Well, it's a different studio and one of the two producers is gone. 
right. So Marvelous was the one of the same producers for the first one in comparison. The first one had the studio Madhouse, if you remember. This one, it was the studio Artland. Um, and the first one producers, the one of the other producers was Fuji TV. This one was just Marvelous. And it was very okay. sad in that regard because it could have been so much better. Yeah. It, well, it, what they... The the difference in my understanding from season one to season two, season two kind of, I'm I'm not going to say it's separated from Henrietta, but it, it definitely didn't broadcast her as prominently as it did before. What, um, the characters that it, I felt it really prominently represented was Jose, Triella, and Hillshire, who and Hillshire's Triella's handler. And more so on the two of them, for the most part, you had a couple parts where it focused a little bit on Marco, which is Angelica's handler, but they changed. I felt like they changed a little bit what was going on with Angelica and him and the past, the background and and everything. In season one, they gave a a relatively fleshed out brief as it was, but relatively fleshed out backstory. And I can't say that they expanded on it in season two. I think there was just a filler episode that they're like, what can we do? Oh, we did this before. It seemed to work. Let's do it again. Yeah. And instead of having it be the backstory, it's a current story. And instead of the pasta Prince book that he created, basically being a staple and having been around for what seemed to be a, a decently amount of time, it's a brand new upcoming bestseller book. <laughs> Which is okay. I mean, like his girlfriend or rather ex-girlfriend wrote it from the notes that she he made and gave her. And then she's working with some other dude who's a part of the FRF, which is not just the Republican factions now. It's the FRF, which is five Republican factions <laughs> now. Because one wasn't enough. Because one wasn't enough. And they, I do like that they did expand on that a little bit. What the FRF is, the five Republican factions. I think before the FRF just needed to be a bad guy, whereas now they needed more backstory to be to be relevant because they switched bad guys. What I thought was really awesome, if I had to say anything good about it, which yeah, I'm not going to lie, there was a few good parts, but the best part was Pinocchio. I truly loved the bad guy, the story they gave of Pinocchio. They're like he's a wooden boy and all this stuff, and I thought the the adaptation of he messed up because of his wooden head. I thought that was kind of an interesting twist on the original story, but then they just foreshadowed the entire, the entirety of the struggle between Pinocchio and Triella or Pino and Triella. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> funny as it sounds, I watched all 15 episodes thinking it was all one story and I was completely lost in the last two episodes, 14 and 15, because I was like, they're there. This is great. They've got Pinocchio in his final showing in episode 13, which was the finale, I find. Um, I think they, they ended it rather well. thing I'd never understood, though, is how come he was faster and I, I would argue slightly stronger than a cyborg. Uh, well, that's one of the things. Like, that's one of the main struggles that she had, right? And, and even when they had a point when Hillshire was having some military personnel, a high ranking military personnel come and train her basically to say, look, it doesn't matter how strong or fast you are. If you're not able to hundred percent focus and 
predict what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. You will lose. And he shows this by saying, Hey, you know, your guards down already he talks to her, throws a lighter at her. And then he socks her in the face and she's stunned. And then she's angry and she charges at him and he uses that against her, which is what Pinocchio does. He's moving out of the way. He's better with knives. He he's already rattling her by throwing a knife at her and he's getting in close, causing her to panic. And since he's closer in, he's more adept at hand to hand combat because it's what he's had to do being a master of knives for his assassinations. He's able to hit her and take her out. Now they don't make it like, Oh, he hit her and nothing happened. No, they referenced his hand is swollen and it was like hitting a brick wall basically because of her body. Now he's able to win, but because of his skills and the fact that he had a more strict training all the way through his life, basically and him wanting to be that without any leisure at all at that point, which I thought was great. It was a great portion of the story when they focused on that kind of story. It was great. The rest of it kind of made me go, well, what's the purpose of this? Yeah, they kind of made Pinocchio was a really good bad guy, but he wasn't the only bad guy. And I think that's kind of where they messed up because they were trying to show the bad guys with a heart, essentially. And that's where Franco and Franca came in. And it, it, the backstory for them, it's it, granted sad, sad. I wouldn't even say it's sad. Like Franco is, is drunk because his, you know, teacher died <laughs> and he doesn't want to do anything anymore. And Franca is pissed off because her father was wrongfully accused. And then he ended up dying in prison, which I get, but then she's like, I'm going to join this terrorist agency and we're going to bomb shit together. Well, see, she originally started with, I'm going to change this country. Well, how are you going to change a country? Of course, terrorism. That's how it goes. That's just logical step, right? Uh, I don't know about you, but that's my hey. next logical step. I don't like my work. <laughs> I'm going to bomb the shit. I'm going to, I'm going to hold people hostage. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> you won't quit. Quitters never prosper. Remember that. I was raised to not be a quitter. <laughs> It's just like there wasn't enough substance behind her wanting to to be a conscientious killer because she's like, I choose who I kill. Really? You throw a bomb somewhere. You're going to choose to kill all these people. So, I mean, they tried to show her that she had a heart because she's like, oh, no, someone's pregnant. And then, of course, that's how they capture her. But when they were like, hey, you're stupid for falling for that. You're too kind hearted. No, she's not. She's a cold blooded bomber. Like, I don't care what you say. She planted bombs. She exploded bombs. She built bombs for other people with the expressed intent of taking life indiscriminately. So you can't go all of a sudden and have a conscience. I don't want to kill this little person. Even at the very end, she was about to run over someone shooting at her. And she's like, oh, it's a kid starts turning away. And Franco's like, no, you got to hit this kid. Which was a little weird. I mean, like considering in the first uh, season, when she's leaving after having met some terrorists, right? She goes and speaks to Cleese and, and she talks to her and then she's leaving. She's like, those guys are idiots. They have no idea who they have in their midst. Like she already knows who they are. Like she is already familiar with them. But yet when she's encountering this, these other people and, or she's seeing them, she's not familiar with them. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, there's the continuity. You can't 
unless she's got some kind of degenerate like brain disease, uh, you, you can't explain that away. I mean, obviously now there's no way to, to prove it because her very last act was to take the big bad, the big bad guy who was essentially Geppetto, who was Pinocchio's uncle and herself and Franco into a river. Oh, was it a river, ocean, something like that? They, they just dove off the side of a hill now or a mountain cliff, whatever. What I will say though, I'm kind of jealous of their car. Like, yeah, that car, you know, can drive on two wheels on the side. Like it's no problem sitting there. People yeah. shooting at you. Just there you go. Driving on two wheels, passing by roadblocks and things like that. Cruising down the line. I mean, like not only that, the amount of bullets that engine has taken <laughs> whoo, the engine and the trunk. And it's still, and for some reason it's self healing because you had Rico pepper the back of that car with a mini Uzi. And then when I forget who it was, one of the women starts firing with a shotgun at the back of the thing, at the back of the thing, it's completely healed. One shotgun hits the back and peppers it brand new. And you're like, wow. And then you see him again and it's still freaking brand new flawless. I know. You're like, it's what? great. Well, it's let's see here. Theft Auto. They got cheat codes. They're, they're driving towards uh, Rico. Rico is pepper spraying and shooting the windshield and everything like that. Everything's fine. They stop. They hit him. He gets up. I mean, like he hits it. He hits it hard. He's not a light, fragile boy. He is and a the windshield cyborg. doesn't break. Nothing breaks. Not even a dent on the hood. <laughs> nothing. And he gets up and when they could have just like ran over him, they chose not to. He gets up, he starts pepper spraying the back of it. And then they take him out with like one bullet. It's like, all right, well, that's cool. The thing is he now Franco must be a master marksman because with a submachine gun with a silencer, he shot the gun out of Rico's hands. Didn't kill him, but shot the gun out of his hands with one bullet. How fast do you got to pull that trigger on an automatic machine gun to get it just to fire one bullet? Huh? Yeah. I don't know. I do it all the time in video games. That counts, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. You got, you got, you got an itchy trigger finger when that comes there. That vehicle was ridiculous. <laughs> that whole scene was just ridiculous. And that's just the end. I mean, like, honestly, that's just pretty bad. I mean, like that we have more to say about the end and the beginning and the backstory of one of the bad guys than anything else. Now, yeah, Triella, I do. I, I, I am actually happy that they gave a background for Triella and her backstory is just as sad as all the others. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. And Hillshire, what makes it better is that Hillshire was the one that actually saved her. Yeah. That, that was, I would say, unique comparatively to the rest of them. That said, it's almost like you need to be physically, emotionally, and just spiritually destroyed. Spiritually destroyed to be one of these girls. I, I would have to agree. They make you forget and you move on. Well, so for Triella's backstory, she was hired for, or not hired, she was bought on the child slave market for a snuff film. Hillshire and this one other girl who they, I, I can't remember her name for the life of me. Uh, they go into an area where they're sure the snuff film is being recorded. And what ends up happening is the girl that's with Hillshire ends up getting shot and Hillshire sees this girl laying on the floor and with the rope and wire basically tied around her neck. Well, Hillshire's, partner comes in and says, no, she's still alive and does CPR on her. 
and then die. Basically, I'm guessing dies from bleeding out from doing CPR on Triella and Hillshire saves, basically saves Triella. And so at that point, I guess he goes to the social welfare agency and becomes her handler. So that way she could be a trained assassin. So I found what you're talking about. It's an episode, uh, episode 10 blonde lady with glasses. Yeah. So she was already injured when she was trying to save this, when she was trying to save Triella. And yeah. she just succumbed to her injuries. Yeah. Like, like I so just I, said, I would say that he took Triella in order to like satiate her dying wish. Maybe. But when you read the description, it says Triella's story may be the most disturbing of them all. I don't know. Do you don't, remember Henrietta's? Hers was, she was abused by five men. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. So I don't think hers is the most disturbing of them all. I mean, like hers is the most disturbing of them all. Out of all the ones that we were shown for season two. <laughs> exactly. Which yeah. is one. So it's probably just par for the course, unfortunately. But, you know, they make the best soldiers the younger they are. And Triella has already hit puberty, as we already know from season one, which they never touch on again. Don't need to. Why would they need to? Well, I mean, you could say, for lack of a better reason for her being slower than Pinocchio, that she was distracted because of that. No. I'm just saying, it would have been a better plot than what they were already going off of. It would have, but they ended up not, and they totally blew it. One of the other things that they kept blown in terms of story was, you know, the flashbacks. Yeah. Like, you mean half the story? Yeah, for Jose. Yeah. Like, what was the purpose of that? It didn't serve any purpose other than to be a, a time filler. Exactly. I mean, like, they referenced lightly his family, right? How his family was all slaughtered and murdered or this and that. And, and the, you know, the politician lady, she's saying, oh, it must be really bad. And then Henrietta gets all defensive over Jose, but they never touch on it. And they make it sound like his whole family has been slaughtered, which you learn is not the <laughs> truth because he works with his brother, John. <laughs> yeah. So that, his that, brother's blonde. Yes. So you learn that he had a bro has a brother, John, and he has blonde hair. And they also had a sister and she was also blonde. <laughs> All right. But his sister's dead and his parents yeah, and family or the rest of the family are dead. I mean, yeah, but not murdered. No, I well, no. I mean, like if you watch the first uh, OVA, even Jean's uh, fiance was murdered, and that's why he's on this vendetta. So I guess they were kind of murdered. I guess, eh, uh, kind of, sorta. Yeah. So. So yeah, it was, it was okay. That makes a lot more sense now because it was so confusing to me. All the back and forth with the first OVA, the second OVA, just that makes them come to terms with it and be like, hey. We have these cyborgs. They never actually call them girls. They always call them cyborgs, which I found creepy. Because they are cyborgs. They're not girls. I know they're cyborgs, but you're not going to be like, hey, I've got a dog. His name is Dog. I'm going to go with the dog. Hey, we're going to go with Dog. No, you, no you, you, it, it's, it's burning into, it's, it's running it into the ground that they're all cyborgs. We get it. We're just showing how detached you are while simultaneously being too attached to send them for more conditioning. Like, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, 
I guess it wouldn't have even been, I mean, like, honestly, when you think about it, right. Not in terms of the, them like being drilled into the ground that they're cyborgs. Uh, but like thinking about it, there wasn't even a reason to have the second OVA or the first OVA or the referencing that John and, and, uh, Jose are brothers because you know, when you think about it, they mentioned the last names of them in the first season. And it's like, well, that's kind of self-evident that they're brothers <laughs> or at least slightly related, you know, somehow if they were um, brothers, at least make them look similar, you know? No, I refuse. Don't make them look similar. Make them look <laughs> as different as possible with obvious gaps in the amount of wealth and money they spend. <laughs> Seriously though. Oh, that'd be huge. That'd be funny. I came from a poor upbringing. I was wealthy. Your brothers, though, uh, we know. Yep. Okay. The younger brother gets all the money. The older brother doesn't get squat. (laughs) Older brother's got to work. Exactly. Unfortunately, I don't think there's too much more we can say about this without repeating what we've already said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I I wish it was better. It had potential. It had a really awesome diving board to start off from, from season one. One of the things I have to say um, is that it really felt like the animation evolved and started getting better as the series went on. And then towards the end, they decided to revert (laughs) back to like episode one and two with the shaking camera that gave me a headache to simulate (laughs) simulate the movements with really cheesy free uh, non-copyright sound music that they could find on YouTube sounds or something like that and use that for their music. I mean, it, it just, it was bad. They ran, they ran out of money. I guess so. Uh, We can't, we don't have enough for this. Let's shake the screen. That'll simulate. (laughs) Or, or could you imagine just, this just be funny as heck. If everything was, if all the animation was as good as, say, episode six to episode uh, 12, right? It's just at the very end of, they're like, we got to cut budgeting. What can we do? Oh, episode one in the OVAs. Let's make them look like trash. Yeah. We'll come under budget that way. Exactly. Ah, oh, Jesus. I mean, like, they could have just not done the OVAs and, and spent that money on right? on the actual series. Seriously, but, though. Yeah, no, no, no. All right. All right. So on a scale of uh, one to 10, how would you rate this? I would rate this probably, you know what? Five. Give it a five. I was going to go, I was going to go lower, but the story's actually pretty good with Pinocchio. Okay. So yeah, I would say medium. I've got no, no positive feelings, but I also don't have any negative feelings about it. Five, because I would watch it. It is something that caught my interest. It just didn't have enough to keep my interest, you know? Okay. Fair enough. So for me, I got to go with the four. Really? I go with the four. One of the main reasons why I go with the four, aside from the bad story, shoddy animation, the pointless OVAs one and uh, OVA one and OVA two is the voice actors for the subs were bad. They were worse than season one. <laughs> yeah, I think they did change a little bit. A little bit is an understatement. I mean, they, they, the, the, how the actors were in comparison were just not that great. 
at least in the dubs, they were better. I didn't have any dubs. Like I could not find a dub for season two. Really? Yep. I watched it on, uh, animation has it dubbed, sir. Oh, no joke. I watched it on Netflix. Yep. So there you go. If you want to watch it dubbed, Funimation subbed everywhere else. Good to know. Indeed. So uh, what's your choice for next week, sir? So my choice is uh, my first girlfriend is a gal. It's 10 episodes long. It is in the summer of 2017. The genres include comedy, etchy, romance, school, shonen, and slice of life. It is a mature rating, so be careful where you watch this. Right on. Sounds good to me. Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you've seen next week's choice, or if you've seen any of the previous choices at all, feel free to reach out to us at featuredanimepodcast at gmail.com or at those anime guys on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. If you have a recommendation, please let us know what it is. Again, that is featuredanimepodcast at gmail.com at those anime guys on Twitter, or you can even leave us a voicemail link. We have that link in the show notes. If you want to leave a voicemail until next time, I'm Jack and I'm Rick later, later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 